Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 316 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Madison. Thanks, Madison. Thank you, Madison. We're mad about you, Madison. Okay. In the best of ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a bell, Catherine? No, ding, ding, but I can go ding, get ding, one. Ding, ding, ding. No, it's right here. I see. I mean, ding, the answer should have been, yes, I have one, but it's over there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We almost came unplugged. All right. Now we're ready, officially. Today, we will be discussing part three of chapter six of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the ghoul in the pajamas. So make sure that you've read the chapter and you're ready to pajama jam your way through the details. <laughs> Love nice. a good pajama jam. Pajama jam. Pajama jam. I'm, pr- uh, wait, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm partial to saying pajim jams. Yeah, pajim jams. Make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they will too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swish Flickcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flickcast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and gives you access to all of our exclusive extras. As always, we are accepting Potter stories or just any fun stuff, questions, or concerns to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Jim Jams are fine. But Jim Jams. Does James wear Jim Jams? Or does he wear James Jams? James Jams. James Jams, for sure. Is that even a question? No. He is a James. Maybe a Jimbo. (laughs) 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 He's certainly a Jimmy Bobby sometimes. All right. It is time for the recap. Ooh, okay. nice. Expecting that. Nope. Threw you off. Love it. <laughs> that was like almost like Michael Jackson. <laughs> 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 yeah, thank you. All right. Poor Ron is hopeful that Moody isn't actually unalived. Spoiler, he is. Fallen warrior. Hey. Um, more sad news. We get the full picture of what Ron and Hermione have really had to put in place to make sure that their families are protected while they go hunt horcruxes. Ron's is more funny. He's got the ghoul in pajamas. Uh, Hermione's not so much, you know, like erasing her parents' memory for who knows how long. Permanent, maybe not permanent. I don't know. Sad, sad story. Dependent on her outcome. Yep. (laughs) Can I have their shrubbery? Yes. Uh, where are they going after the wedding? Godric's Hollow? Horcruxes? But where are they? 
Hermione Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione shows them all of the evil books she stole, including one that tells you how to make a Horcrux. They all get scared to death by Mrs. Weasley. The burrow is in tip-top shape for the Delacour's arrival, and Mrs. Weasley plans a low-key birthday bash for Harry's 17th birthday. Birthday bash. Mm. Birthday mm. bash. Mm. You're a wizarding adult. Mm. Mm. Here's a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually learn how to tell time though? <laughs> Is that a class at Hogwarts? <laughs> Should be before that though, let's be honest. That's an elementary school thing. Right. Anywho. There's a silence in the room. Hermione is stacking books. What's new? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Truly, though. Uh, um, is this like a low-key sweet moment, though? Um, so Hermione is like separating books. Obviously, this is the ones that we're going to take, and these are the ones that we are going to leave. And Ron is just sitting and watching her. And I think that this moment is really sweet because I feel like knowing what we know, he's probably really admiring her. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> it's like her. in the seventh, in seven part one, when he's like mm. watching her play the piano. Ah, yeah. Yes. Or that might actually be too. I'm not sure. But no, I think it's part one. It doesn't one. really matter. He like pretends like he's paying attention so he can like play, but he's also not because then like the more he screws up, the more he gets to spend time mm -hmm. with her and like, oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. Mm. It is similar vibes. Definitely. Vibes. And speaking of admiring, Harry is looking at them as well and admiring them. And all while he's like watching them, he's thinking about everything that they've done for him, the lengths that they have gone through to make sure that they were able to safely go with him to protect their families as well. They're both prepared and they both know the cost. And I think that he's probably, I know it's kind of weird to say, but... Um, they went through the seven potters and mad eye died. And I feel like that's more like confirming in the fact that like they, they know what could happen and it's very real to them. It's not just a, you might die kind of thing. Like one of them did and it was the strongest of them. Yeah. And so I feel like he's more comfortable with being like, all right, I'm not going to put up a fight this time. Because he has, obviously. He even did when he tried to leave that same night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel like the more that he's, like, actually sitting with this, he realizes that, you know. They've made prepared. their decision. Um, they've made their decision in Sorcerer's Stone, if we're honest. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's been Truly. a long time coming. <laughs> so, meanwhile. Uh, what? That's the Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> that was beautiful. It's been a long time coming. Okay. It was really good. <laughs> it's you and me and Hermione. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sip that G&T. <laughs> I will. Anyways. <laughs> Meanwhile, Molly's losing it downstairs, getting ready for company. And tell me that this is not like some of the most relatable mom stuff that you have ever read on page because I feel like every time like I have people coming over 
obviously this is a joke but i'm like we need this house to look like nobody lives here yep (laughs) Yep. are the baseboards clean because somebody's gonna look at it and judge me right (laughs) meg said the other day she saw something that said that's like online it was like my toxic trait is i want my home to look like no one lives in it yeah (laughs) but like that's not realistic i just need that yeah for myself even like dude i full-on relate to that and that's just like when i have anybody coming over katie's aunt was supposed to come over and we cleaned the whole apartment and then the end the like plans ended up changing where we were just like gonna go out to dinner so when they picked us up we were like hey thanks for um making us clean our apartment <laughs> i was like we are no push <laughs> right there's no push like when my mom comes to visit right. <laughs> <laughs> right speaking of my mom i wanted to share this with everybody every time like we would have company come over or any kind of like holiday or whatever she would call it operation pickup <laughs> <laughs> so cute pick up <laughs> this house now but she would like yell it so you remember how much yeah it would be kind of like that operation pick up (laughs) (laughs) but in the most loving of ways (laughs) oh my gosh all right so ron doesn't know how weddings work and he's like why do they have to come early (laughs) speaking of fleur's family it's like okay um hermione's like you're crazy obviously because there's a rehearsal for this whole thing and you know fleur's sisters in this wedding her parents clearly they have something to do with it it's just he's just a a silly silly right now yeah yeah and hermione's like okay but real deal the real question that needs to be answered right now and the problem that needs to be solved is where are we going when we leave Zibaro? And she's like stacking books still while she's asking this question. And the author notes that she picks up Defensive Magical Theory by Wilbert Slinkhard. And that goes into the bin. The trash, right? This is <laughs> Umbridge's book, you guys! Oh, good. Trash! <gasps> trash! For Hermione to trash order. a book? I'm surprised she kept it that long. But funnily enough, the next book that she picks up is An Appraisal of Magical Education in Europe. And I think that is brilliantly funny because it's a slap in the face to Umbridge and the ministry about their garbage choices for education in Harry's fifth year. An Appraisal (laughs) of Magical Education in Europe. So funny. Like, clearly, that's just like popped in there. Yep. They don't use this book any other time. And <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. So well done, author. That was that was clever. Very yeah. clever. Um, Hermione knows that she knows Harry wants to go to Godric's Hollow first, but Horcrux need to be priority number one. And he's like, Great. I don't know where any of them are. <laughs> Otherwise, like that's totally fine with me. But he goes on thinking, um, he does a lot of like inner thought in this i mean obviously all of this is in her thought because it's harry's book but he thinks about the fact that like she doesn't understand and there's no way that she could but she doesn't understand how strong his desire is to go and see godric's hollow he feels as if it has answers for him a feeling that he cannot explain are you a seer mr potter 
I mean, obviously. Say it. It holds answers for him, right? <clears throat> That's my weakest example of being a seer. But <laughs> it also holds a husk of a woman. But you know, it's fine. Why do you? Why do you do that? Why did the author do it? Why I didn't did write you it? just bring? A husk is what you just said. Yeah, like corn. <laughs> yeah, we know like what. <laughs> <laughs> like corn. Yeah. Oh, okay. God. Uh, anyways, we're going to move past. <laughs> Don't ruin corn for the internet. That's true. I do. It's corn. It's corn. <laughs> <laughs> Big lump of nap. It has juice. It has a juice. Jinx, you owe me a Coke, both of you. Ah! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Lame. That's some Bob Shorts right there. That's a doofer. Count it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> so he wants to go to Godric's Hollow because he feels like it's it's just the place to be, you know? <laughs> Shout out to Zeus. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he feels like that place might hold answers for him absolutely correct sir and he wants to get a better understanding of like what happened clues on how to survive obviously he wants to see his parents graves um and maybe find a horcrux or two you never know anyways so smarty pants hermione is like it's a trap right because (laughs) this is not our first time right this is not our first time where Voldemort would be laying low for a sappy, sentimental situation. And this whole thing, him wanting to go there, would probably, in Voldemort's eyes, be viewed as a weakness. Um, And so, obviously, Harry Potter would want to do this because he loves, and that's what people who are weak like that do, right? They go and they see and they feel things. And he's absolutely right in the fact that he thinks that it would probably be an easy trap to set. And he does. He sets that trap with corn husks. <laughs> with corn husks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she turns to popcorn. That's Nagini. <laughs> That's awful. It that is. is. I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> what else do you do in a time like this? You know, um, you're right. And so Harry's like, <laughs> never thought of that before, that it could be a trap. <laughs> That's so Harry. But he only set a trap for Sirius and Sirius died. Like, we're not remembering these things, sir. Of course not. Right. Do we not have triggers or trauma from these things? Oh, I think his desire to go there outweighs absolutely every other reason not to. Probably. <clears throat> and you know what? I cannot knock him for that feeling. No. You can't. No, totally. I mean, obviously, as an outside person of a situation like this, we can say, obviously, in a fictional series, um, but we can say, you know, ah, stupid or never. But, like, until you are going through that, you have no idea. Yeah. You know? And so he's, like, (laughs) trying to come up with a counter-argument. And Ron is in completely his own brain, thinking his own things. He's not at all involved in their conversation. And he's like, what about R.A.B.? <laughs> what about that Rab? Oh, man. And he's like, R.A.B. was like, I'm going to destroy that locket, right? 
Um, and so Harry pulls the pulls it out and says, uh, I have stolen the real Horcrux and intend to destroy it as soon as I can. That's only part of what the note said. Um, and they're like, Hermione goes, yeah, but we don't know if he actually did that. We're going to have to find the Horcrux, track the trail, um, and make sure that that was actually done or do that ourselves. Can't rely on chance with this. There's no way, because this is the only way to defeat him. So they have to figure it out. And it's good that she says this, and it's good that they do this, because, you know, Regulus died before he could make good on his word. Yeah. I just, like, sometimes I think about, obviously, we know this is a work of fiction, but, like, I think about how these three people were tasked with something and given just absolutely no direction. And I'm like, where do you even think to start? Do you know how mad I got today because I lost my keys? Right. (laughs) And I knew they were within the vicinity of me. Right. These are just pieces of soul out in the world. Three letters that are, you know, an acronym for a name. And I have no idea who he is, she is, where they could be, if they're alive or dead. How does one even begin? Okay. To counter that. Harry, I mean, we can say all we want about the lack of information that Dumbledore gave. Here comes the double defender. Get it, Tiff? Hello. But (laughs) aside from Harry Potter, his guess, guess at Harry Potter being a Horcrux, he gave him the information that he had at that time. I know. And I say this in the next episode, I think. Might I add for everybody like, um, he did not he did not intend to die on the tower that night right he intended to use the sword of gryffindor to destroy the locket to show harry how to do that so i don't need anybody coming up to me on the street like (laughs) billy in the street and saying but dumbledore no he was going to show him that he just you know Met his maker first. <laughs> oh, do you think that Dumbledore <clears throat> would have known who R.A.B. was immediately? I mean, I, I, I think he probably could have put the dots together only because he's just so brilliant in the way that he figures out these puzzles. And he would yeah. probably think, well, the only person that might be even close to this would be a Death Eater. Let's run the list of who was Death Eaters at this time. What are your initials? Bing, bam, boom. Yada, yada, yada. Regulus Arcturus Black. Meanwhile, Harry's pulling out, like, the phone book. <laughs> well, like, that's, like sure. <laughs> that's the one that is just, like, so... I mean, obviously, they get lucky, right? Like, I think that they just get lucky in figuring it out. They happen... To decide to go to Grimald Place. They decide to look through the rooms. They find the initial... Like, like obviously, it's good that the things that happened the way that they did. But, like... Well, yeah. And I think that... I love the idea that fate plays roles in things. 
Um, and so, like, he has the power to vanquish the Dark Lord. Well, he right. has all these connections yeah. that set him up for that success. Like, I love the idea of fate. And, like, yeah. you have this start point and this end point. Like, the... Well, I guess... I mean, to be honest, Voldemort set up the end where he was going to lose anyway. Dude's a nut. He was never... (laughs) Monologues aside, like, he was never going to do this because he was so weak in other areas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, totally. And people who hold that kind of a power are always going to be... There's going to be a mutiny of some kind somewhere, someplace. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at all the leaders throughout history. There's going to be people. If you're a baddie, people are going to stand up and fight back. Yeah. And eventually you're going to get got. So (laughs) I love the idea of endpoints, but whatever's in the middle is kind of like what you make it to be. And fate kind of leads a hand in giving you these supports. Right. I just, I don't know. That's the way my brain thinks. Is that necessarily like what this is? No, but the author never said otherwise, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, valid. I like it. Because like, I mean, he has the power to vanquish the Dark Lord. Well, what does power mean? Power comes with connections. He is connected to the Black family. Yeah. He was there at Grimold Place. This is there. You know what I mean? Like, I like mm-hmm. that. That feels yeah. cool to me. Yeah, it totally. makes me. It makes me feel like fate's like, Shake! I want to shake hands with the hero. We're gonna get this done. It might yeah. be messy. Shake a poor. Wait, what is it? Sinner's, um, Sinner's hand. hand. Is that uh, who's it's and what's it's? It's from Princess and the Frog. That's what I meant. Yeah, who's okay. it's and what's it's? Face. Yeah. That one movie with that those one people. What the heck did um, I just say? The Shadow Man. Yeah. What's the lightning bug's name? Ray. Ray. My sister loves Ray. Yeah, pretty great. Ray and Evangeline. As you can imagine. I don't know. This was just one of those moments where like I like really like thought for a moment and was like, dang, like what an undertaking they're taking on. You know what I mean? It's huge. And the fact that they do it, it's like it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, I'd be like, what if he hid a Horcrux in Japan? You know, like, are we ever going to like, or like, did he spread it to all Let's the far corners of the world? Yeah. For real, though. You know, I wouldn't know where to start. That sounded so nasally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anywho, where are we? Talking about horror Finding it and destroying it. We got to make sure it's destroyed. Ah, more questions than answers when it comes to horcruxes. Am I right? And so as we've previously discussed, talked about this. Oh, I said it in this episode. Um, Dumbledore definitely intended. I mean, it's not. It, he intended to show Harry how to destroy it using the sword of Gryffindor. Blah, blah, blah. And then this whole thing, all these questions that aren't answered, becomes a point of anger and hurt. Harry because he feels so incredibly lost but like I wish that they would have thought about it especially Ron and Hermione in the way that Dumbledore told them as much as he knew without Harry Potter um 
and that he could like he literally did everything that he could and yeah he's on borrowed time he's dying but it is what it is you know he waited until he could actually demonstrate and show him could he have told him earlier this is what i used to destroy the ring yeah but But maybe he's just not that kind of teacher you know i mean (laughs) yeah for sure of course he could have but it just just didn't get to it yeah i mean that's just that's life sometimes why do you want to learn a new language where would you use it how would it come in handy maybe you have an upcoming international trip maybe you want to connect with family and friends learn about a new culture want to understand certain pop culture things? Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention and It's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language is needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me, and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like, and my favorite 
is the jalapeno grilled chicken cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing from 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, no cleanup, all of that. Head to factormeals.com slash flick50 and use code flick50 to get 50% off. That's code flick50 at factormeals.com slash flick50 to get 50% off. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So luckily for them, Hermione has been doing some research so they can feel like they have like kind of a little bit of a footing. And, um, you know, I don't know why I wrote this. Probably because I was thinking about books. But as Megan would say, library schmibery. (laughs) (laughs) She stole these books. You stole fizzy lifting drink. Okay. She stole these. (laughs) You lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) (sighs) She's she's like, well, you know, Dumbledore didn't exactly destroy the books. And in the name of Merlin's pants, we steal these books, folks, right? Yeah. Even though, according to Hermione, it wasn't stealing, it's borrowing. She'll give them back. She don't want them. Honestly, I wrote, she probably does return them to McGonagall after the Battle of Hogwarts at some point because her heart just can't take it. Um, I was going to say either that uh, or she like puts them in the ministry because they're like bad. Ew, don't give it to them. uh, But yeah, I don't know. They're gross. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like them. They're gross. I feel like they get like a little bit better, but like not so much. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. They need to like be somewhere where definitely no hands touch them again. You know what I mean? Until Hermione's in charge. Um, Yeah, they definitely don't go back into the library, but I feel like they're just like those pieces of like history that um, are disgusting, but need to be kept for history's sake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And she's like, it's not that hard. All I did was like a Akio books and, you know, there they were right in her dorm. And it's a genius move. 
And so she's like, we're going to need all the information. We got to make this happen. She did all of this right after Dumbledore's funeral, and they had agreed not to come back to Hogwarts. And honestly, Ron and Hermione were both serious about doing this and helping Harry since, you know, year one. And she goes on. She keeps trying to defend herself because she doesn't want to feel like she stole things. (laughs) (laughs) She's like... I don't think Dumbledore would be very angry about it. And I obviously I feel like he would be like, brilliant. Thank you. I anticipated you doing this. He probably put little bookmarks in the pages for her. and be like, She would like this one. (laughs) (laughs) Ron's like, we get it. It's fine. No one cares that you took these books. And he's like, well, what do you got? And so she digs out the books and she is super grossed out and she's holding one of them. So let's hear about it. All right. So she's holding out Secrets of the Darkest Art. And this is the book that has the explicit instructions on how to make a Horcrux. Um, so what we know about it from the wiki is that it was a tome. That's how old it is. That it's called a tome, a tome <laughs> written by Owl Bullock, possibly of medieval origin. What's a tome? It's like what people called books before they called them books. How did we get from a, a large book? A large. I'm going to try and look that up. Yeah, I always I assumed it was like because they used that term in. They use that term in like Akatar too, don't they? Tome. A, a tome is a large book. So it's like a big book in kindergarten where they're <laughs> Tome is often used to refer to a book that is not only really large but also unusually important. Okay. I like so, that. So like yeah. what what are we talking about size here? Are we talking about are are the illustrated editions tomes? I think bigger than that. Yeah, bigger <clears throat> than that. Jeez. Bigger than that. I'm gonna I think look up like world's biggest book. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Tome is used in Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. Like, yeah, like full-on encyclopedia size. Um, so it discusses the dark arts. It's the only known source of written instructions on the creation and destruction of a Horcrux, and it was a large volume bound in faded black leather. It contained a large archive of evil magic, which is what made Hermione say that it is so awful. And it was the only known document that contained detailed information on Horcruxes, including the process to create them, the, the consequences it would have on the creator's soul, and that only by remorse could the soul be repaired, a process that was so painful it could be fatal. As creating Horcruxes were originally meant to be a singular act, this book did not contain information on any individual creating multiple Horcruxes. Hence why Voldemort then went to ask Slughorn about making multiples. Because this is just kind of creepy to me to think about the fact that like Voldemort read this exact book. He had this exact book that's in Hermione's hands and that was what taught him how to make a horcrux. No. And these these hannies. Oh, it's gross. These hannies hold this book. These hannies. <laughs> hannies will murder. I'm picturing like, this book like. It like gives me chills. Yeah. It makes me like want 
I don't want it to be this way, but you know how like um, Winnie Sanderson's book is supposed to be like made out of the skin, skin of her enemies or whatever. Like yeah. I feel like that's how gross this book is. Yeah, like, dude, <laughs> every time I see people like replicating that book, that, like <laughs> I know. You know there was a ton of them like at Kent. There was some yeah. this weekend at Ironton. Um, I could never own it. I know it's I leather know. or pleather. I'm sorry. I just would always it's human think. skin, and I can't yeah yeah for sure gross also thinking about like what that book talks about like okay it talks about creating them it talks about the damage it does to one's soul and it talks about how undoing that is so painful that it could kill the person yeah is mind-blowing to me that that book is at all accessible to children at school like, yeah, I know that real. it was in the restricted section, but think about how easy it was for Hermione to get her hands on most potent potions in her second year. Like, she's not the only one to have done something like that either. I'm sure of it. Right. Like, yes, yeah. it's in the restricted section. Yes, it's supposedly harder to get and only for, like, the older kids. But always? No. Like, it was so easy to potentially go and get. Like, that's crazy. Anyway, um, Hermione mentions how she like just cannot grasp how he made six because the book talks about how unstable your soul gets after making just one. And Ron, Ron asks a lot of really good questions <laughs> coming up right here. He goes, so how does it say to destroy or so does it say how to destroy Horcruxes in that book? Um, and this is an excerpt from the book. Yes, said Hermione, now turning the fragile pages as if examining rotting entrails. Uh, because it warns a description. Right? <laughs> because it warns dark wizards how strong they have to make the enchantments on them. From all that I've read, what Harry did to Riddle's diary was one of the few really foolproof ways of destroying a horcrux. What, stabbing it with a basilisk fang? asked Harry. And then she goes on to talk how it has to be something so destructive that the Horcrux can't repair itself. Basilisk venom only has one antidote, and that antidote is incredibly rare. We know that that is Phoenix Tears. So because the antidote is so rare, that makes Basilisk venom one of the only, like, one of the very few foolproof ways to destroy a Horcrux. Um it has to be something so destructive that the Horcrux can't repair itself. Basilisk venom only... I just read that. Sorry. I copy pasted that twice. So Ron then asks why the bit of soul can't just go live in something else. And this is like, this was a really interesting description. So Hermione talks about how a Horcrux is basically the complete opposite of a human being. Whereas our soul as a human being is not dependent on our bodies. So she explains if someone were to walk up to you and kill you <laughs> with a this. sword and you die, your body hint, dies. Hint, sword, sword, sword. Oh, good sword, call. Sword, good call. <laughs> your body dies, but your soul does not. However, when it's a horcrux, the soul is dependent on its, its container. container. So the fragment of the soul is dependent on its container and it cannot exist outside of it. And that's when Harry starts to think he remembers how the diary, like, actually died. kind of died. Yeah, when he yeah. stabbed it. Like, it started bleeding from the punctures of the, the ink. Yeah. 
Oh, and it's, you and guys made me ink. What if it said that? <laughs> oh, you guys made me ink. Um, and it was screaming. And then Ron asks more questions. He goes, well, how could that soul possess Ginny? Like, how could it leave its container and possess Ginny? And Hermione explains that as long as the magical container is still intact, the bit of soul inside it can flit in and out of someone if they get too close to the object. I don't mean holding it for too long. It's nothing to do with touching it, she added before Ron could speak. I mean close emotionally. Ginny poured her heart poured her heart out into that diary. She made herself incredibly vulnerable. You're in trouble if you get too fond of or dependent on the Horcrux. So I think that this is kind of setting us up for what to expect. I know that this kind of goes against, this does kind of go against what happens with them. It really does like affect them, even though they're not necessarily close to it emotionally, the, mm-hmm. the locket when they're wearing it. But I think that this is like a good, this is a good description to be like, as long as the magical container is intact, the soul can flit in and out if someone gets too close to the object. That does oh. somewhat happen. Do you know what's interesting? Yes. And I just thought of this because like the ring sickened his hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's almost like the power behind them each work a little different and we only get to see a couple of instances of that. Like, um, and the locket like the locket's purposes are for you to have like things that you love within them right yeah like what's the official like meaning of a locket i always assumed you put pictures of people that you love inside of it and so like that felt very much the way it used that against the person who was wearing it you know what i mean like they became very emotionally attached to it yeah. Because that uh, lockets in themselves are meant to be like emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the ring, obviously. Because we no, don't. You're well, cursed now. <laughs> like we don't have an opportunity to see anything happen with the cup or the diadem. Like they don't hold those objects long enough to know any sort of like reaction to it. You know what I mean? It's really just the locket that they hold on to for that long Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know so that's it's just like it's interesting how that's described and then it does like sort of happen a little differently but i like your explanation tiffany oh well thank you (laughs) um so then harry is remembering that like he should have asked dumbledore how he destroyed the ring and then he's like you know among many other things i should have asked dumbledore but again i say like hindsight's 2020 you obviously had no idea how much time you had with dumbledore There's no way that you would have known what you should or shouldn't have asked him when, like, it unfortunately just happened the way that it did. Yeah. Uh, However, after all of these things are discussed, uh, their meeting is interrupted quite suddenly by the bedroom door flying open. Bam! And, like, literally, I think that it's described that, like, Ron, like, falls off the bed and Hermione, like, throws the book that she has and um <laughs> Mrs. Weasley's hair was disheveled and her I face love this. was contorted with rage. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. I'm she- so sorry to break up this cozy little gathering. 
she mad oh my goodness <clears throat> she's so mad one she's mad because there really are a lot of preparations to be done and as we discussed earlier she's in the stage where it needs to look like no one lives in her house right and normally like many people live in the house it's over called the summer. operation pickup Catherine. operation pickup yes correct um and two she's probably really upset that they got time to be together for who knows how long right because she's been trying to keep them apart she's trying to be protective um so she tells them that like she's sure they need their rest but there's lots of preparations to get done and didn't they agree to help there's wedding presents stacked in her room that need to be sorted out hermione looks terrified as she <laughs> jumps up, books flying, throws out an apology and hurries out of the room with her. Um, Ron complains that it's like being a house elf. Ron. Come on. Um, the Delacours arrive the next morning. And Ron, Hermione, and Ginny are pretty resentful towards the uh, Delacour family by this time. Because they've been like put through it by Mrs. Weasley. Um, down to that morning, she made Ron put on matching socks, and he was very upset about that. And Harry was... Why does that matter? <laughs> oh, my God. I hate wearing matching... So I hate wearing socks. I love socks. Socks are horrid. I love socks. James took mine off. And you know what he said to me tonight? He took them off, and he goes, yuck. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, Yuck. And I think that Marty does that because, like, James will, like, pick up the socks and give them to Fozzie. And Marty's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. I know, like, a good um, stocking stuffer is, like, those cute little, like, little $3 socks from Target. Oh. But Meg doesn't like socks, so I can't I get them for her. I hate, I hate it. I, I hate, hate cold feet. No, just give me a blanket. Nope, yeah, doesn't work. I want a blanket. Doesn't work. Don't my feet work. can be wrapped in a blanket and will still be ice. I want a hoodie, shorts, and a blanket. Yep. <laughs> I do like a hoodie and shorts. That was Same. my most of my day today. Nice. Anyway. Um, okay. And Harry was trying to flatten his hair. That never, ever happens. Like, why do we try? I don't <laughs> know. And then they are finally all deemed smart enough and looking good enough to go outside and wait for their guests to arrive. So the burrow is super tidied up. It's so funny that you said what you said, Tiffany, because I literally put that in my notes too. Like it's like when what? I know I'm having company over and suddenly like everything needs to be spotless. You literally said, I need to make it look like no one lives in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I guess we all feel this way. Yeah. Like I got a vacuum, I got a dust, I gotta do everything. Um, <clears throat> so like we know what the burrow looks like in our mind, right? So Harry's going through all of the like telltale normal things that have always been described, like the rusty cauldron and the old Wellington boots that are always on the back steps. Those are gone. There's two new flutterby bushes, which I pulled a wiki for that, which I'll talk about in a minute. The chickens are shut away. The yard is swept. Not really sure what that means. Probably like raked. I guess, but it's like summer. I don't well, know. Well, maybe you mow the grass and you got to rake uh, the grass. Okay, okay, fair. Okay. And I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying things that might make sense. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. And the garden is all spruced up and Harry comments that to himself that he likes it better overgrown and with the gnomes. 
that's probably like a really nice memory for him because that was the first time he got to visit like a friend's house and it felt like home and it had to be nice a i think okay sorry <coughs> i was okay. just like rethinking about the yard swept mm-hmm. i'm wondering if it's <laughs> i'm one google says you i'm wondering if it's because like they have kind of like a farm setting so maybe it's to like sweep certain things out of like pens poop. just say poop poop i but was actually thinking the different chickens. feed like Chicken different feed. animal feeds like making sure that like it's all nice and swept in its containers where it's meant to be but also it probably just means raked I'm one getting a I like Georgia. Both. In the Southern UK, do they call raking sweeping? Yeah, I want to know. Sweep the yard to clean or clear a space with a brush or a broom. Broom. There it is. Wait. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought you said rake. <laughs> As you repeated broom. Broom. Done. <laughs> I'm tired. Oh Talk my about god. Flutterby bush. Flutterby. Flutterby. The flutterby bush was a magical plant um, that quivered and shook. <laughs> Harry describes it as like looking like even though there's no breeze, it looks like a gentle breeze is going. So it kind of like. Is that butterflies on nice. it? No, I don't think so. It produces flowers once a century that adapted their scent to attract the unwary. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Um. I would have think that the etymology is fun, but it just says flutterby is a childish way of saying butterfly. Cute. Contrary to popular belief, it isn't an old name for the insect. Huh. Is this on the list or is it cleared? Yeah. What's the verdict here? What? My list? Yeah. You are the only one with a list. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it passes. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't have a lot of issues with many bushes. You know what I mean? So that's all I really have on the floor by bush. Too sad. I mean, too bad. So sad. <laughs> too sad. <laughs> too sad. Uh, okay. It's no longer possible to travel directly to the borough with magic because there's so many security enchantments from the order and the ministry that was confusing to me because like to the order the ministry's basically already like taken over and like un- at least untrustworthy yeah well i don't unless no, it's like not not fully yet because it hasn't fallen and that's why they get through it during the wedding because during the wedding the ministry falls and then they can come into the borough so, well, the ministry has not fallen yet, but they know that it's infiltrated, but it's not fallen yet. You know what I mean? Is it fallen yeah. yet, Megan? It's not fallen yet. <laughs> but it just seems like it's untrustworthy. I'd like want it to just be the order knowing. Well, sure. But but obviously those protections did something if it took, you know, the ministry falling <laughs> To get them to be able to come into the borough. The ministry is falling down. <laughs> no, falling down. Know what I mean? Jelly Ministry is falling down. They are coming. What's that song for, though? I obviously know London it's London Bridge. Bridge. But isn't oh, that London for, like, Bridge. the war? Something. Yeah. <laughs> God, Keith. A lot of those songs are, like, really not okay. 
And anytime I like yeah. have one in my head, I'm like, nope, don't ever do that again. No. Um, anyway, so because of these enchantments, Mr. Weasley has to meet the Delacours on a hilltop nearby where they're going to arrive by port key. Kind of reminds me of the Quidditch World Cup. Shout out mm-hmm. to four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think so their port key was? They run their way down onto the ground like, like Cedric. Like Edward Cullen? I can't stand that. Like Edward? Yeah. It's got to be something fancy. Yeah. Is it like, yeah, is it like a piece of trash or is it something actually no, like... not for the Delacours. The Delacours. Fine china. <laughs> right. A teacup. And what announces their arrival? A very unusual high-pitched laugh that came from Mr. Weasley. Hmm. He's a little nervous. Meg, thank you for sending that because I was going to, but I'm like actively talking right now. (laughs) By the way, I sent that to Jess and she goes, is that your tree? And I said, I (laughs) wish. (laughs) Jinx, you owe me a Coke. (gasps) (gasps) Katie, you lost too. Megan, that was the most evil laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I really need those action figures of Bella and Edward, but they're so expensive. What? No. I know because they're not made anymore. Uh. Boo. Boo-hoo. Don't worry, I'm gonna keep looking. There's got to be knockoffs or something. True. Blake. <gasps> bingo. Bingo. Blake coming in. Ha. Um. Okay. So, Madame Delacour. How do you say her first name? Apolline. 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 That's what Jim Dale says. Okay. Yeah. She's described as this beautiful blonde woman with long leaf green robes the author is less kind to monsieur delacour um he's described as nowhere near as attractive as his wife a head shorter <laughs> so mean extremely plump little of pointed course, black beard he's not attractive is this this whole hot wife with ugly rich dude shtick probs i don't know so he is described both of them later are described as pleasant guests so like they're right. not in any way that i can see a villain in the author's eyes but it is a common thing between the english and the french to not like each other true hence why a lot of these french stereotypes i think with like Ginny and Hermione hating Fleur and blah yeah, blah blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Auntie Muriel. Yeah. Yeah. But still French. Plays into the some plays like in, that. into the um just the, the rivalry. The rivalry, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if it was that, if it was, you know, the usual thing the author puts in here or if it's like an extra point out that Madame Delacour has some Vila blood in her. Because that's where Fleur gets it from. I think it's actually her grandmother. But like it would still right. travel down. Um, if you watched Parks and Rec, it's the Jerry, Gary, Larry, Gergich, and wife vibes. <laughs> Over my head. Over my head. I've never watched it yet. Oh God! Parks and Rec is—it's so good. We have the DVD. So good. It just—it—it's a good. You know how New Girl just will like make you feel good. That's yeah. What Parks and Rec does. All right, that's a good yeah. endorsement. 
We will get there, I promise. Yeah. So, of course, like, kisses on cheeks <laughs> are, <laughs> are exchanged. Too swooped. Yep. Uh, Monsieur Delacour tells them that he is most honored at the approaching union of our two families. I thought that was very sweet. And Madame Delacour tells Mrs. Weasley that Mr. Weasley was telling them such amusing stories on the way over here. And Mr. Weasley gives a maniacal laugh. Do your best. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) He gets a look from his wife. Immediately went silent. (laughs) She's probably like, stop it. You're embarrassing me. I know, right? Don't embarrass me, Fillmore. Don't embarrass embarrass me me in front of all my friends. (laughs) His face is described as instantly looking like the face that someone would adopt next to their friend's sickbed. So I can see him be like, ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know. The internet could have seen. (laughs) You're welcome. Someday we'll get video off you guys. I swear. Someday. Uh, Gabrielle is there too. Described as Fleur's miniature. She's 11 now. I wonder if that's the same age for Bobaton. Um, and she's batting her eyelashes at Harry, and Ginny is not pleased. Oh my god. She's 11. Get over <laughs> it. She is 11. Right. Uh. You should be like, Ginny, you were her at one point, okay? Right. Honestly. You can even be the same room as me. Ginny. Katie. You can't sit with us. 11. 11. Thank you. <laughs> We listened to a bunch of that music in the car today with Evie. She was quite small mm-hmm. when she was taken by the mirror peeps. What, like wow. eight, right? Wasn't I she mean, like she eight? was technically like given to them. Right. Um, Or was I? Mrs. Weasley tells them to come in. And I like how it's described as there were many no pleases and after yous and not at alls. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the in-laws meeting the in-laws and i guess the parents meeting the parents but kind of same difference so it turns out that they are helpful and pleasant guests they're happy to help with the wedding preparations um monsieur delacour says everything is can you say that word in french for me it means charming charmant yeah thank you and that's everything from the seating plan to the bridesmaid shoes so he's just like pleasant about it all which i really appreciate because he could have come in and been like, you know, like a stereotypical parent meeting the parent in a movie somewhere where they're just very unpleasant. Nothing's good enough, which maybe is what they're expecting because Fleur is like that. I feel like that's who Mrs. Weasley would think Fleur's family is, is like yeah. too uppity, not good enough. That's why she's like literally like, you know, cleaning the dirt outside. Like everything's got to be perfect. Um, so the borough is not built for this many people, which kind of makes me laugh because like the Weasleys are a family of nine, right? Yeah. So like it's built for a large amount of people, but squeezing even more people and it's just like it's full to bursting. Everyone's sleeping in odd arrangements like Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are sleeping in the living room now. And the trio volunteered to feed the chickens just to get out of the house but, of course, Mrs. Weasley appears outside with laundry, and Ron's like, she still won't leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks so exhausted, and I feel really bad, because she's got to be exhausted from preparing a wedding, the stress of all the security, the stress of the war, 
being in the order, her family being in the order, and also going to the ministry every day for work. Her son is estranged at the moment, and she's worried about Harry and Ron and Hermione. But obviously Harry, because he's got the big portrait on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But also the fact that with Harry means Ron is also leaving. Right. Right. <sighs> Even the people that are putting up the tent, which we get a name for that company. It's Millamont's Magic Marquise, which That's I thought was kind of cute. Even they need it. to be escorted in because of the protections. And she tells, she's like, Harry, well, you should probably stay inside where they're, while they are here. Quote, I must say it does complicate complicate organizing a wedding having all these security spells are around the place and harry goes i'm sorry and like that's not what she meant at all i don't yeah, just talking out loud I right think. but they would have well, that's what talking is i meant they they would have protections <laughs> even if harry wasn't there i would think i would think so as well yeah it, it's not just because of harry it's because of the war yeah and the weasleys have always had like for the bad guys like a mark on their family because they're totally. muggle lovers yeah. you know mm. muggle lovers muggle lovers known to have connections with undesirable number one right <laughs> so again she just she immediately tells him like no like that's not what i meant at all and then she brings up his birthday and he's like i don't want to fuss like it's the night before the wedding just a dinner is fine and she says that she'll invite remus tonks and hagrid she's still trying to do her little matchmaking between remus and tonks and harry says that'd be great but please don't go to loads of trouble and she says not at all not at all it's no trouble and she gives him this like searching look and smiles a little sad and walks away and harry being harry has like this wave of remorse because he's putting her in pain and inconvenience and Harry just stop. Okay. She loves you. Let her love you. Also, sorry, Harry. It's not all just about you. Okay. It's about her own family. The world revolves around Harry. What are you talking about? It's about me actually. So just like <laughs> <sighs> all right. Some lightning bolt questions. Um, Sam asks, do you have any places where you've gone to get answers like Harry and Godric's Hollow? Answers to what? <laughs> I guess just, I guess maybe like, do you have, do you have like any like deep connection to a place like Harry and Godric's? You know what I mean? <clears throat> I guess like the house I grew up in. Which is why you'll find me <laughs> smelling tomatoes on the vine. Because <laughs> that smells like my backyard. <laughs> I had James smell them the other night because I buy these cherry tomatoes on the vine from Aldi. By the way, Aldi slaps. <laughs> if you don't shop there, you're missing out. Um, and he was like, mmm. And I was like, yeah, that's mom's backyard when I was a kid. <laughs> I, so I mean, maybe that place. I made a mistake. Remus and Tonks are married. In oh, this book, okay. I was gonna just let it roll. I, I forgot did not where I even was. Hear you, <clears throat> my bad. No, it's all good. Aldi does have great pizza. Megan and I just had some last week. It was so good. Mm -hmm. I'm partial to their mac and cheese pizza when they have it in stock, but it's been a few months. They should probably restock that for me. They um, got married mm -hmm. off page, um, right Summer. before they went and picked up Harry. 
Battle of the Seven Potters. Yeah, because she wiggles her finger and is like, eh. yeah. And he's yeah. like, you got married. And she's like, I'm sorry you couldn't be there. I was stuck in six, I guess. No sweat. Yeah. Katie, I didn't even hear you say it. So if that makes you feel any better. Cool. Never happened. Yep. Um, I don't, I can't think of something. Disney World. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Disney World has a feeling though. Yeah, for real. Like, like it's just it so nostalgic. Honestly, are we talking like, about that I, or like talking about somewhere that like you try to like seek answers. something? No, from? there's nowhere I seek. I mean, I honestly would, would say Disney because like I gave it a chance to like go down and live there and think that like that would make me feel. Florida flirted really hard on you though, and you had to leave. Yeah, Florida did Florida hard. But you found out. <clears throat> yeah better to know than to sit there and wonder yeah you it was know? a marvelous time yeah it'd be miserable ruining everything that happened um gil what would have happened if the note wasn't in the locket and they had no information they would think that mm. that was the real one but then i bet they would go to destroy it and whenever no. like nothing crazy Harry knew something was wrong though yeah yeah i don't know how How do you how to if the feeling he has is it because he is a horcrux <laughs> he knows mm. horcruxes like that does dumbledore know that things are horcruxes just based on his knowledge and information and his study you know what i mean but like yeah. harry immediately knew it wasn't right yeah as soon as he pulled it out of his park pocket pocket i read what gil wrote <laughs> And then I said Pockrix. <laughs> uh, okay, last one. Dusty Fur. Yes, Gray. Yes. Do you think if Harry had the diary the entire time, Voldemort would have been able to possess him? Maybe. I mean, if he got close yeah, to I it. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he would be compelled to write everything in there. He doesn't seem like a diary kind of guy. Um. Yeah. Ginny poured herself into it, which is why that happened with her. I do think that, like, he could have, though. Just by proximity? Yeah. I'll give you that. I don't know. That's what the locket did. Why not? Right. We don't know otherwise. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Give me the fan story, Kate. Okay. This fan story comes from Corbin. That's a really cool name. Mm-hmm. It was sent March 2022. Uh, trigger warning for cancer. Mm. Hi, Swishers. I just wanted to start off by saying I love this podcast. I came to Harry Potter a little late. I owned the first three books when I was a kid and didn't dislike them. But for some reason, I can't explain. I never finished Prisoner of Azkaban. <gasps> Corbin, my heart. Fast forward about 12 years. You did your waiting. <laughs> 12 years of it. 12 years of it. Not right. finishing Prisoner of Azkaban. Right? <laughs> I feel like that was fate that you waited mm. 12 years. Indeed. My girlfriend at the time, now wife, was a huge Potter fan, so I decided to give the books another try. I fell in mm. love and it became my favorite book series. We are yeah. both now huge Potterheads. We are both currently rereading the series and have been listening along to the podcast i'm a hufflepuff Aww. by the way shout out to katie hey also Ilva is right by where i grew up 
Okay, oh, where is the secret location? Please send me the coordinates. Last Remember Ilvermorny? <laughs> right. <laughs> Last year, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. I am now in remission, but it's been hard not to think about the inevitability of death. The way Harry faced death in the series has really made me handle everything better, and it's really helped to have someone to look have someone to look to who is always facing difficult times. I have to be re- have to be evaluated every three months, and of course, waiting for my next appointment is very stressful. But your podcast has really helped me take my mind off things and brought a lot of happiness into my life. Thank you for all that you do. Best, Corbin. Corbin, oh, I'm so happy that you are in remission. Same, and I'm so and that- happy that after 12 years, you picked up that series again. <laughs> what was that? Teddy Theodore. being Teddy. Oh, Teddy. Anyways, Corbin, thank you. And uh, you know what? They're rereading and listening with us. I How many that. of everybody is actually doing the reading? Because I tell you all to make sure that you <laughs> read. And I feel like some people aren't doing their homework. Blake, Ooh, you're a gem. Thank you for Corbin reading with us. Of course, Blake. Out. Gold star, Blake top pupil thank you why because she's a gryffindor yes <laughs> <laughs> and doing what she's supposed to do rebecca awesome tasha okay i already know you do it we know you're amazing stuff oh, wow it. more people than i expected okay katie k no that's not what i <laughs> ask you to do <laughs> <laughs> Janine, how Ravenclaw is that response, (laughs) ma'am? I'm not doing my homework. I know the material already. Uh, Oh, you guys are so well, Corbin. I'm really glad that you found us. Yeah, Um, and I, I absolutely love that. This is like, this is a a project with you and your wife that you get to read and listen. Yeah, that's super cool. Thank you for your kind words. Shout yeah. out to your wife for bringing you back. Yeah. To the potter. All right, you guys ready for a joke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I say that a griffin is partially a bird, it's only half lion. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that was actually like really funny. <laughs> that's good. Thanks, that's I didn't good. rate it myself. <laughs> you did not rate it yourself. Nope, it came from rackish jokes and Ricky to- Oh my god. Ridiculous riddles for Ravenclaw. Well, if after that joke you'd like to follow myself and my wife Katie on Instagram and TikTok, <laughs> we're over my there wife. at my the Petrus family. And Tiff's on Instagram and TikTok at Tiff Swish underscore flick. I love that Katie gets a my wife and I'm just like, and that person on the <laughs> other end, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Who I don't my really second wife, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany can be your work wife. Yeah. <laughs> I am your work wife. Yeah. Uh, was it Blake that got bingo? Yeah. Yeah. Gryffindor. Congrats, Blake. Gryffindor got bingo. And let's see where the house cup standings are. Lions, 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 lions. 
Oh, it's close. Ravenclaw, Stillen first. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff. Oh yeah, dude. Friday. We have trivia Friday for people who are listening (gasps) in the future. That's gonna mess stuff up. So I need Gryffindors to show up because I cannot be having all of this. (laughs) It's going down. I'm yelling trivia. I just got a flat back flashback to cheese curds. A flat back. <laughs> a flat back. I can't. We cheese go. curds. Do you know what? I Close wanna do out. something for this episode. Yeah. Because um cancer sucks. Yeah. And Corbin, this episode is for you. Keep yes. fighting that fight and we are here for you. Yes. So That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. (gasps) Amazing! Look at my voice! (laughs) Do you know what's funny? Slap quack. (laughs) I, um... (laughs) After I watched uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, I thought about that. I was like, that's the best job! (laughs) I should do that. I don't know how people do that. How do you get into that? (laughs) I don't know. You'd be a voice actor. Do you just like perform all your voices and record them and send them out? Probably. I don't know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.